Hey guys, welcome to the Begging Broadcast, episode number 532. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes in three ways. The first being The Weeking Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of comic books that we're looking forward to coming out August 23rd, 2023. Then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, movies are done, baby! Uh, we're going to be taking a look back at our summer movie blockbuster, Bracket Buster, episode five. What did I call it? The Buster Strikes Bracket. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be going over our summer movie bracket to see who just uh, who took it away. And, Paul, I'm going to let you take it away to talk about your first beer of the night. Hey, uh, this is a beer that John's had on the show before, and he's recommended it to me as a good this golf uh beer and sometimes i half hear what he says and i just want to be like what 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 did he say and then i'm like oh my brain has now comprehended what you has said and now i will respond and then paul just blanket agreed with it saying like yes disc golf beer because you know it's at 5.3 percent it's a nice easy drinking beer but it delivers that nice like uh it's like a soft hazy beer it's not as soft as those soft boys that uh chris you brought up to us the soft sours um, from was that which it one was which one? Uh, with the e it starts the oh, ellipsis uh, ellipsis yeah ellipsis no those were some soft beers but this has a, that same kind of like rounded hazy IPA there's no edge to it there's nothing that's there's no that big pop of bitter or big pop of juice it's just a nice round solid easy drinking beer yeah. Is it because the top of the can is round? Is that what's helping with making it easier to drink? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Normally, you know, I like to just pop a hole in the side of it and then try to suck the beer out. Maybe since I use the thing on top at the round part, it's helped out with that. Helped out. That's probably it. Cool. (laughs) John, you had another recommendation? Is this another disc golf beer? Uh, Yes, it is. This is... From Prison City, this is their Crispy Boys, an American light lager coming in at 4.3%. And this is just a really nice, crushable beer. Good flavor. Very. Uh, Good flavor. It's nothing like, it's nothing crazy, um, but it's like $9.99 for a six pack, um, 12 ounce cans. And if you're just looking for a nice light beer, this is it. They also do a grapefruit and a lime version of this, so you can look out for those if you are in the western New York to Finger Lakes area. So western to central New York? I guess so, yeah. You know who's not in either western or central New York? Chris! What are you drinking? Me! Uh, I'm drinking You're a drinking beer. You're drinking yourself? No, I was pointing to me saying, like, I am not in that area. I'm trying to see where this brewery's from. I don't know. Um, but this is Dream State Brewing Company, and this is their Das Red Boots, and this is a 5% ABV Vienna lager. Uh, Camford's really fun. It's got, like, Astro Boy, but he's drinking his lager out of a boot, because it's a Vienna okay. lager. Like, that's Hence the it's Das Boot. And it's called Red Boot? Uh, das Red Boots. Uh, this is fantastic. I'm really <clears> enjoying <throat> this. It's nice. It's a crispy boy. It's got a nice little bit of sweet to it. Um, this is... Uh, Dis dat boot get disc golf beer mm-hmm. lager. That's good. Sounding review. I I'm really uh dig this. Um Yanni and I picked up a bunch of stuff from Dream State Brewing because we did like a craft room six pack. So he grabbed like a plethora of different lagers and then I grabbed some IPAs and 
I'm kind of sad I only got one cat at this one because I I really dig this. Uh, spoilers for when we're actually recording this because it is August 17th, uh, day of recording. Tomorrow morning, um, I'm going to be going to my comic book store, not just to get my comic books for the week, but I'm going to be picking up my Lorcana pre-orders because those will be available tomorrow since that's when it releases to local game shops. I might stop by my beer store and see if they have the four packs or six packs of this still because I kind of want more of it. Nice. I mean, that's that's a good beer if you are like, I will take an extra detour to get, get more of this. So that's great. Mm. <clears throat> and you know what else is great? The Me. news. Oh, I mean, you bringing us the news in the Weekend Geek. Yes. Ah. Uh, and the news that I have is it has been officially re- the former Doctor Who has been offered the role of Reed Richards. It hasn't said if he is accepted, but uh, he has been offered the role. And he could actually talk about it since he's not a me- member of SAG Afro because he's a UK actor. Yes, if I'm to I understand how them, it works. I think a lot of people, a lot of the actors over the UK have just, you know, been in solidarity, though. And they, if Matt Smith were to accept it, would we even hear about it because of the strikes going? That's well, I mean, Reed Richards is kind of flexible, so he's not mm. as like solid as the rest of those Marvel superheroes. So possibly that's good. That's, that's good. I was trying to think of a way to work with the solidarity. Um, I'm okay with this. I think he could be a good Reed Richards. I mean, he Reed Richards. I see him as kind of flighty. I don't want a mean spirited Reed. And I think we got some kind of like fun, fancy flights of scientific uh, dust boots. Disc golf logger from him in Doctor Who, so it's good. And I'm just sad that this means he probably won't be appearing in Morbius 2 as the villain in that, whoever the villain he played in the first Morbius movie was. He was Morbius 2 because he had the same powers as Morbius. Ooh, so he probably won't be in the spinoff, which is called Morbius 2, but like T O O, then if he's Reed Richards. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm good with this. I, you know, everybody kept saying John Krasinski, and I think John Krasinski would look, he looks, would look good, and you got a small glimpse of him in the fan casting for Doctor Strange. Um, but I don't know if he would be a good Reed Richards. He would be the Reed Richards that is very, you know, he's doing everything to protect the people that he led astray on that accident. He's the familiar, the patriarch of the you know the patriarch version of the fantastic Four. i think uh adam driver would have been that arrogant uh kind of mean-spirited reed richards that we get every once in a while and uh matt smith would be that so in love with the next idea the zany professor that he's already off to the idea after that where he's not absent-minded he's just he's three steps ahead and he's not he doesn't even notice that nobody. He can do that because right. he can stretch his legs out. Yes, again, because of the flexibility. That's what makes him fantastic. Yeah. Was there anybody else that you guys think would be good for Reed Richards? Or I didn't honestly think about it at all. I was someone that subscribed to that fan casting idea of John Krasinski, and I think he did well for the bit part that he played in Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. I liked seeing him pop up in that. I. For me, it wasn't too distracting having Jim Halpert as Reed Richards because it's something that had been kind of like discussed so long, like so long, where it got to the point where it was like, as soon as someone's like, oh, you know who should play Reed Richards? It's going to be like, well, you're going to say John Krasinski. Uh, so I never really considered anybody else. I 
will say I don't think I would like Adam Driver. I could see Adam Driver as a Doctor Doom. Mm -hmm. I think he could do a good Doctor Doom, but I don't know who I'd want as uh, as Reed. Yeah, I don't know actors' names unless I'm looking at a list. What what do they uh, what do they look like then, Paul? Yeah, like I'm like Danny Trejo. That's an actor. He's an actor. That's someone's name. A, like I can't think of actors' names off the top of my head. Like like I just don't like. So I'm like trying to think of actors' names, and Danny Trejo drops hit you know goes to top of mind. And I'm like, well now I can't think of anybody other than Danny Trejo. Yeah, now I'm I'm not all thinking about Danny Trejo too. Would he make a great Reed Richards? I don't know. Probably not, but, you know. Man, if we still did Christmas specials, I would say, like, <laughs> Danny Trejo as Reese Richards saving Christmas. He's a, he's the um, Reed Richards from, like, the Counselor Richards that has been trapped inside, like, uh, the Phantom Zone. Not the Phantom Zone. The taco the truck. Negative, negative Zone for too long. John, do you have a, a Reed? No, not really. I was just wondering. No, that's a good question. So, yeah, basically none of us have an answer, so... <laughs> So that's why you come here, listener. I like I, I think John Chris I don't think John Krasinski would do a bad job. I'm actually kind of I think I think Matt Smith would do good. I think he, I think he'd be a good Reed Richards. Yeah. Okay. We, who knows? We'll maybe see it at some point in some of the future. Something we'll probably be seeing sooner though is a comic book coming out from Jason Aaron. No, I'm not jumping over into the list. Calm down. Uh, but it was announced this week that Jason Aaron's actually going to be moving to D.C. His exclusive contract is up with Marvel Comics. So the writer that has brought us, like, your guys' favorite Thor books ever. He brought us my favorite X-Men books ever with Wolverine and the X-Men. Like, really, again, fun, zany superhero books. Uh, but he'll be moving to D.C. to do his first book over there since he did a Penguin one-shot. Uh, with Batman Offworld, which is going to be a six-issue miniseries with art by Doug Mankey, whose name you might recognize from working on Green Lantern uh, years ago. He also did a bunch of Superman stuff after Green Lantern as well, which I'm excited to see, like, intergalactic Batman. Just, it's Batman out in space. So it's a weird idea, and if it was someone else doing this, I'd probably be like, eh, I don't know. But the fact that it's Jason Aaron, he does space he does crime, and he does weird fun well. So, yeah, you know what? Whenever this is solicited, I'll, I'll be picking this up. Yeah, it's definitely one I'll, I'll pick up. I'm um, imagining it'll probably be like a Black Label <clears throat> book, too. I, yeah. I, it's going to be like a weird out there kind of thing. But uh, Yeah, no, I, I look forward to this. I look forward to Jason Aaron in D.C. I think he could do a lot of a lot of, a lot lot of of good. He's, he's one of those people that, like, oh, uh, Wolverine's taken over the school and he's calling it Jean's Gray School for Gifted Children. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You're like, uh, okay, whatever. But then you read that book and you're like, this book is fantastic. I still think it's one of my favorite X-Men uh, X Men books. Oh, without a doubt. I, <laughs> I wish that was kind of what we got out of the Hickman run where it was like, okay, this is the launching ground for everything else because I probably would have stayed on it. But we got Party Island instead. Party Island, Paul. Um, we we, we talked about we oh. talked about islands all last episode. Oh, I can't bring up we islands. Can't again. now. Like no Sorry. more party he wanted, islands. He wanted the uh, episode artwork to be an island, which I thought was a good joke. It's a good joke. <laughs> Slow that out. It was a good joke for six in the morning. Come on, <laughs> give me credit for the time of day too. Like uh, that's a factor. Uh, only other thing that we have is uh, 
Wonder Woman 3 possibly not happening. Yeah. Which John brought this up and he just got up to walk no, away. So I brought it up just, because oh, it was. I thought John did. It, this is such a John story because it's tied into. Yeah, it, I, I'm only interested in it because I'm hoping that means that we will get Jenny, uh, Patty Jenkins back over in Lucasfilm to do the Rogue Squadron. But right now, two strikes are going on. So who even knows? Yeah, who who knows? I I would be more inclined to see Rogue Squadron than Wonder Woman 3 anyways, because I like the first Wonder Woman. Yeah, I love the, the first one. The second one. Fell apart at the end. It, it, no, if, oh. I mean, they, they all kind of fall apart at the end. Like, superhero movies in general, I think, have a third act problem. But Wonder Woman 2 is just, or Wonder Woman 1984, whatever. You know what I mean? Wonder Woman 2. <laughs> it Right from the get-go, I was not into it at all. And if that movie was the lead-up to our like Wonder Woman in the DC universe, I I'm okay with that not happening. I'm much more into Rogue Squadron. That would be. It sounds cool. It sounds something like she's more passionate about. I mean, based off of that little like 30-second teaser she did in the the yeah. X-wing. But you know, again, that was also like three years ago now. So no, it was in an actual fighter. Po- uh... Uh, a jet fighter oh. because her dad was a that was bad but she was like dressed as an x-wing pilot yeah. or something yeah yeah because she's like well this is what x-wing sh- or rogue squadron should be like and everybody's like oh that's kind of cool oh okay so it's like top gun nobody really <laughs> top cares about top- nobody cares about top gun anymore though right and then boom top gun maverick finally comes out and everybody's like dude top gun mavericks is just training for the dust the trench run and everybody's like yeah wasn't it great? But you know what? We'll get the Craven the Hunter movie, so. Ugh, don't need it. But we're, we're getting it. It was pushed back, though, so who knows? Maybe, I mean, all movies have been pushed back, but maybe there was enough bad feedback that they got that they were like, oh, well, this doesn't need to happen. Uh, didn't submit it for news, but the story also broke that in the Spider-Woman movie or the Madam Web movie, mm-hmm. um, Sydney Sweeney is going to be playing Jessica Drew Spider-Woman. Which who day who day that's the Spider Woman that is the no current... I know Jessica Drew oh. who who's uh, Sydney Sweeney the only thing I know her from and I haven't watched it because it just seems like gross and if you watch it you're put onto a watch list is from um, Euphoria okay which is supposed to be really good but also I it's about a like high school students engaging in illicit activities it. I, yeah, I we when we were in high school, we didn't we were put off by all the illicit activities that yeah I hung out with John. That was our peers were doing. So why would we as middle aged adults want to partake in any of it when we didn't even want to do it back then? It just seems like it's a a gross TV show. So I, I haven't watched it, but apparently people like it. They're all on a watch list. Not me though. That's for Mad Web, which has been pushed back as well. Every movie. Yeah. Basically, if you got a movie, you got you got pushed back. You know what hasn't been pushed back? Ahsoka coming out next week, guys. Or comes out today, guys. No, it comes out the yeah today. Today, <laughs> the 23rd. We're recording it on the 17th, but you know. Well, that'll episodes. be good. Two episodes. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I was gonna try to not binge some Rebels, but do some selective Rebels watching. Mm-hmm. Like you know, pull it up on Disney Plus and be like, okay, that's a cool episode. I can watch that one. Like, oh, that one's filler. Don't need it. Like. Just to, yeah. Especially to after, get reacquainted. Like, season one and two, you could probably cut off the table and just <laughs> yeah, pick and choose some of those last ones, especially the last but, season. Know, I mean, that's the thing. Like Rebels is a lot like Clone Wars in that respect. Like 
it's there to introduce you to the characters, but they they come back a lot stronger in the next season. They're like, okay, yeah, I like this now. Uh, just a couple of days ago, we celebrated the 15th anniversary of the uh, animated, the Clone Wars, the animated movie, and the introduction of Ahsoka Tano. That happened. But she you was know introduced in the movie, huh? I didn't realize that. Yeah, in the animated But, John, you know what you should realize? What's that? That, that Wednesday, new comic books come out. And I'm oh. hoping you're picking one up. I'm hoping you're picking more than one up, but I hope there's one that's on the top of your list. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going to be picking up Im- Immortal Thor, number one, uh, and this is written by Al Ewing, art by Martin uh, Coccolo. Um, and one of the things that sold me on this book is this is the writer that did the um, that Ant-Man story mm-hmm. that we all liked. Um, oh, the Ant-Man through the <clears throat> through time, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was like, all right, let's see what this, uh, what he has to do, um, what he can do with Thor. Uh, Thor is a character that I didn't know I liked till Jason Aaron showed me that I should. I think that, um, no, I think that he did that for all of us, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I'm going to pick it up and see if it is uh, worth staying on. Uh, I, I'm missing my Thor in my life. I haven't read a Thor, like... We read that Loki book, uh, issue one, a little bit ago. I think we picked up a Thor book maybe last year, and we talked about it. But um, Thor's one of those characters that I do actually really like when he's written well. What character I'm hoping is written well? Who did? Oh, who did? That would be Jean Grey. Uh, and this is, we have uh, Luis Simonson coming back uh, to the X-Fold. Uh, with during this fall of X event, and she is writing Jean Grey, and art is being done by uh, Bernard Chang. Chris, you like Bernard Chang's art on Monkey Prince. I like Bernard Chang's art in general because he did some Teen Titan stuff. He did Green Lantern Corps for a while. Uh, I just didn't like the Monkey Prince book yeah. in general. Um, in our pre-show stuff, I did say like I think I looked at this book, but I, it didn't register what it was. Um, John, you sent me a thing recently where it was like Louise Simonson talking about how they decided, like, oh, let's take Angel and make him Archangel because they just wanted to, like, mess with the pretty boy. And I thought that was actually, like, kind of like a really nice, like, candid look behind the scenes of, like, why they they changed this character so drastically, if you want to talk about that. Uh, Yeah, I found this clip where uh, they interviewed the person and she says that, she wanted to take the pretty boy and uh, change him up because it's just a dude with wings. And how could you make him like actually worthwhile in a fight? Um, I, 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 I every once in a while, those things pop up on on my um, Instagram and there's some of them really good. The last one was the guy who created Megatron. So he was given the job to create and write um, Transformer comic books for the lead up to the toys and, and the uh, cartoon and everything. So he was given the, the thing to create those characters. And um, he got a thing back saying that Megatron, um, uh, they couldn't use Megatron. It was rejected as a name. And um, he's like, oh. And he asked a couple of people, and they're like, no, we don't know why. So he calls over there. And he was like, hey, I was just wondering why you guys uh, rejected that name. Because he thought it was just such a good name for the bad guy. <clears throat> They're like, oh, well, it just found it just sounds too like dark and evil. Like, and he goes, yeah, but it's the name for the the big bad guy, the leader of the bad guys. And they're like, 
oh yeah you're right and then he got another sheet like two weeks later saying the name was approved for the the villain of the the thing this is kind of funny like the behind the scenes politics of comic books are baffling to me it's any kind of group decision any kind of decision by committee can be baffling because people Um, as a group are weird (laughs) i listened to a thing with paul rubens um from his interview with conan o'brien from like years ago but they were talking about um he goes how did you get away with so much stuff on peewee's playhouse and he's like really we didn't get any notes he goes the first note we ever got was uh you can't use a sharpened pencil like that And he goes like i took a potato and i stuck pencils in it and i made it into like a horse and the note was you can't use sharpened pencils he he like uh just called him up and was like why and they're like okay you can do it (laughs) the the second note they got though was they had to tone down the sexuality of cherry though (laughs) <laughs> and to that one, he was also like, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> but I do just like that, like, why? Okay, you can do it. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, all right. I just want to know, like, but they sat around going, like, he's like, they're worried people are going to stab people with pencils. Like, they had no idea why. But see, that was also in, like, the early 80s where safety wasn't a thing. Like, I had He-Man action figures that you would load the caps in yeah. because, yeah. like, you could, like, hit them and like they would get like the battle damage like their chest would roll over and you're like the cap would pop and like spark and like smoke and like you smell like oh metal i'm sure like those things went off in my eyes because i'm like laying on like the floor like it's fine but also the 80s were the time where every single video game on an arcade system would be like losers don't winners don't use drugs and you got those psas in front of like everything and psas at the end of our cartoons yeah, which I don't, I I do enjoy going back and watching those because so much of that stuff has just been wiped from my memory. But a, apparently, it might have worked because I was a good kid. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And you know what? You're a good yeah. comic book. Yeah, I was gonna say, Paul, you have to... well, <laughs> and you're gonna buy a comic book on Wednesday, right, Chris? I am. Um, I'm gonna be picking up from Boom Studios their Magic Planeswalkers, Notorious Number One. Uh, They did one of these last month with Magic Planeswalkers Noble, number one. The actual Magic the Gathering comic book is kind of on a hiatus right now, and I think it's due to what's actually going on in the story of the card game. Uh, These two properties, yes, very similar, but they are very separate, where the lore in the card game isn't actually necessarily the same as the lore in the comic books. But in the card game, a lot of the Planeswalkers actually lost their sparks and their ability to planeswalk uh, in the last set. So I'm wondering if Wizards is currently taking kind of like a status quo about what they want the stories to be in the comic books going forward. So this is just kind of a fun one-shot focusing on some of the more villainous characters uh, who are planeswalkers. So <clears throat> something of an anthology book uh, with one story focusing on Soren Markov, the vampire planeswalker, and Liliana Vess, the Necromancer Planeswalker, um, that one being written by Rich Duick. Not familiar with him, but you know what? I love me some magic. I'll be checking this out. But then the second story in this book is actually being written by Mr. Cullen Bunn, who's one of John's mm-hmm. guys. Uh, and this is focusing on uh, two of the more recent Planeswalkers, Oko from the uh, Throne of Eldraine series 
and Calyx from the Theros. Uh, Theros? Return to the, I can't remember the name of the Theros uh, Greek enchantment god set. But um, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this one. I love me some Magic the Gathering. I love me some comic books. So it's like a chocolate peanut butter situation going on for my eyes. <laughs> Glad they got a chortle out of you, because sometimes, you know, you just got to say a thing just to move it into the next thing. <laughs> yeah. And I know what the next thing is going to be, but I'm going to do the, are we going to talk about our beers? No, we got to talk about the thing that we don't talk about. And now, a dramatic reading from Detective Comics 956, page 11, panel 3. You are just a broken weapon. Nothing more. That was a dramatic reading from Detective Comics. That girl sounds hot! Page 11, panel 3. Thanks. It's Lady Shiva. She is. Or are you talking about Paul? Both. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard to believe. Uh, probably the highest numbered issue that we've done for a dramatic reading. But issue number 956 is so long ago because I think they're up to like 1020-something or maybe beyond that now because... I fell off of reading Detective Comics, and it was one of those, like, oh, I'll go back, I'll pick them up. Because it was coming out, like, every other week, and I was like, oh, I'll pick them up on sale. And then I just got so far behind, I was like, nope, don't don't need to do it anymore. Until someone comes on, that I'm like, wow, I gotta read Detective Comics. Yeah. But you know what I gotta do? What's that? I gotta drink another beer. And this is coming also from Dream State Brewing. This is their The Last of Us, and this is a New England double IPA. 8% ABV. I... Don't know what the can is in reference to, because, okay, The Last of Us, maybe it's something to do with the runaway video game slash uh, sci-fi horror TV show. But the can art is like a robotic bull, a spaceman, and a gigantic rubber duck tank in what looks to be like a Smithsonian-type museum. I don't know. But I do know this is actually just a really good... uh, New England style IPA. Nice, big, flavorful fruit pops to it. It's not big on the ABV. I mean, 8% is a lot, but like it hides it very well. Like it does not linger at all. Like this is very crushable when it should not be for 8%. Again, this is one I just picked up the can of, and I lament the fact that I don't have three more of these sitting in the fridge just to have like tomorrow when on my day off or. Next week, when I'm on vacation, I'm going to be playing a lot of video games and reading a lot of comic books. <laughs> John, I saw you get that up. beer. Uh, yeah, so I have from Thin Man Brewing their Hell's German style lager, 4.9%. And me personally, I'm not loving this beer. Um, I just nothing's coming right together. The hops, the grains, the beer itself. I don't know if it's because I had something I really enjoyed right before this with the crispy boys. Um, but this just isn't hitting me right. And I'm, I mean, I'm down a good quarter of the 16 ounce can and it just still hasn't like clicked in. So I just think it's, uh, this beer is a pass for maybe if I drink it in a different situation, I would, I'd like it, but right now, um, I'm not, not feeling it. It's okay. Sometimes like, there's breweries that you like, and they put out beers that you beers like. Yeah, this this is a a beer to drink. Like you don't actively dislike it, right? It's just not. I do anything I, for it. I don't think this is a bad beer. It just is not. I'm not enjoying it. Like 
for a hell's lot uh for a hell's lager i kind of want it to be a little more bright a little more refreshing a little more crisp and it's a little it's just i don't know it's just not it's just not it seems a little heavier than it uh, than i'd like it to be right now especially at 4.9 it's pretty it feels pretty dense but yeah i don't i don't think it's a bad beer i wouldn't say oh don't drink that beer but i think i would have like i got six hell's loggers loggers on my shelves that i would recommend before this one and paul do you recommend your next beer you know what? I'm trying to figure out if I would uh, recommend Allagash's Haunted House. This is their Hoppy Dark Ale, Ooh. so it sounds like we would like it. I mean, okay, right now you've checked two of my boxes, because Haunted House, I love the spooky. And it's a Dark Ale. And it's a Dark Ale. And here's, do you also like a punny ABV? I do. It's 6.66% alcohol. Oh, three check marks. <laughs> <laughs> here's a, a, a tall, tall boy can. Hey. Uh, I don't know if from, you can have four check marks. I don't know. Nobody's ever done this before. But I do uh, need to see that that can art though, because is it like haunted mansiony? Okay, it's, yeah, it's a little. It's, you know, it's like a house. spooky, spooky house sticking out in the uh, the suburbs there. Okay, but it's a, it's a really nice purple with like neon green writing on it, and then the four pack holder is a like a neon green four pack holder. It oh, really that's pops, kind of fun. Really pops on the shelf. Does pop on the shelf? That's why I saw it. So. uh... I'm drinking this warm because I just bought the beer before the uh, episode and I didn't have a chance to chill it. And it is just big roast, mm. big multi roast up top all the way through. I'm when my first sip, I'm like, OK, here's the roast. Here's the roast. Where does the big pop bitter, uh, you know, like the big ale bitter. Yeah, You, you, you want that kind of like that hoppiness yeah. that to kind of like come in, like wash that roasty away. But then I'm like, OK, it's a hoppy dark ale. It's not a black ipa but also it's supposed it says it right there it's a hoppy yeah. dark ale so it, i would expect some hoppy with that dark roasty toastiness yeah i'm getting a big roasty toasty uh maybe if i chilled it the roasty toasty would come down a little bit more and it would allow the uh the bitter to breathe maybe that's just uh me making that up in my own mind i don't think this necessarily even like when you you go into um when you go into uh untapped like the solicitation for the beer on there. And I had this beer last year and I don't think I remember loving it because I was expecting a black IPA, but like doomed by a love of pitch black porters and our Allagash house beer, we summoned a recipe for haunted house. So it seems like they took their porter and their house beer and made one out of it. And then oh, they did beer science with it. yeah, Yeah. Roasted barley, uh, black Prince malts, Curse this beer with gravelly dark hue, hopped with Tetanang, Chinook, Saz hops. This beer ends with ghost of coffee-flavored bitterness and haunting complex multi-palate. Like, I don't think... Go ahead. I like all those words. I like them in that particular order, too, but it's kind of sad that Paul's not getting it. And then, also, you had it last, and you're like, yeah... I think but, last year I was expecting a black IPA, and I think this is more of a hopped dark ale. Like, I don't think yeah. it's meant to be a black IPA. But here's the thing. Your description, uh, you, you listed some hops. On the back of this can that I'm holding in my hand, there's Crystal, Nugget, and Cascade. Oh, different hops. Because the other one had yeah. Chinook in it. Because when you listed it, I was like, oh, that's one of the C ones. I'd probably like that one. 
So they changed up the recipe then, but I'm still not getting that big hop pop. I think being at warmer too, I yeah. think you're going to get a lot more of that roasty out of it. I mean, every beer is different. It's its own little animal when you do that. But remember when we used to drink everything warm? Mm-hmm. It's because was... the, the studio is just hot. <laughs> Lazing. Uh, yeah. Because we couldn't have the AC on because our mics would pick them up too. Too much noise. Too much noise. Too much noise not enough content. Too much chatter. Talking you about still haven't solved that problem, though. God, now we got no content and all noise. Yeah. Ooh, but that will head us over into our main topic. Uh, like we said up at the top of the show, it's time for our summer movie blockbuster, Bracket Buster, episode five, The Buster Strikes Bracket, our wrap-up show. And again, as we record this, Blue Beetle is not officially out yet, but... With pre-sales and just how things are trending, it's looking to have a $30 million opening. Um, So, I mean, this could change things for the bracket, like, once it does come out this weekend. I think it's honestly going to be a little bit lower, and we'll talk to it when we get to that point of the bracket. But at this juncture, all of the movies that we have picked to talk about have come out. Um, So now it's time to just kind of get into the bracket, and I think... What better place to start than our very top seed? Um, Barbie versus Evil Dead Rise. So, Barbie, we've talked about it for the past couple of weeks, even though we haven't had any kind of bracket buster updates. Uh, John, you picked Evil Dead Rise over Barbie. I picked Barbie. Paul, you also picked Barbie. Um, Barbie has become a juggernaut. Like, it's... It's Barbie's world, and we're all just lucky to be a part of it at this point. Much like Ken. Hey, I don't know if anyone else has seen Barbie. I really did enjoy this movie. Um, but Barbie has continued to go ahead and shatter box office records. It is now the highest grossing film by a female director. It's also Warner Brothers' highest grossing movie of all time. It has beaten uh, The Dark Knight, you know, the Christopher Nolan Batman movie. Um, this movie is a, a runaway hit, and I not to get too far ahead into the bracket, but I think a lot of us imagined the runaway hit this year being Spider-Man, which, yeah. I mean, Spider-Man, no slouch, but Barbie is, I really did not think it was going to be the holy cow cultural touchstone whoa, 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 movie whoa. that Didn't it is. Didn't you learn anything from Barbie? Don't call her a cow. Did you guys, so, Paul, did you see Barbie? Oh, it's out in okay. movie theaters. I only see one movie a year. It has to be. A, it has to be a, with my a dad. Mission Impossible movie. I don't know because that's the thing. My dad I didn't know if like, it was something that it's Kate would want to go. You know, Kate would want to go see, it, and you're like, okay, Monday fun day. Let's go do this. Kate and I actually talked about Barbie and also the Haunted Mansion movie today while uh, driving back from the grocery store when I picked a beer, and um, just to give you all a timeline. And Kate's like, yeah, I kind of want to see Barbie and I want to see Haunted Mansion, but she's like why go out to spend money on it when it will be streaming soon? Like, she, we don't, me, both me and her don't actually enjoy the process of going to the theater okay. on it, no, you that, know. That's fair. It's like, it's the theater itself, the movie-going experience isn't a big draw for us. Yeah, I like going to see a movie with my dad because I like watching a brand new movie with my dad because he just reacts to everything and it's fun to be, to get caught up in that energy and that enthusiasm. But without that, like, I don't, you know, I don't need to go to the theater because there's a little kid that just walks in front of you, pacing back and forth. 
Or a parent will sit their little kid right next to you and expect you to watch their kid during the movie. Um, that hasn't been great. Guys. Yeah, well, that's also bad parenting. Um, yeah. <clears throat> There's a lot of bad parents out there that are just bringing their kids because of the air conditioning that the movie theater offers. Because uh, I, I took I just took Grayson yesterday to go see um, Ginger Turtles. Not on the bracket. Not in the bracket. It, so first, I talked about first, it when we had that first like the first weekend for it, because if they had put out any of that information when I pulled everything for the bracket, like not because I had the name I had when it was coming out, but there was no cast list. There was no trailer. There was not even any kind of like promotional like still images from it. If they had put any of that out, that movie would have been on the bracket. Um, But no, like we were 12 o'clock per showing mm-hmm. of it. We sat there, but I still like we didn't talk at like normal volume. We didn't talk. If he had a question and made him whisper, like just to have good yeah. etiquette. And this summer he's been to four movies in the movie theater. And I think he's actually for a four year old. He's pretty good. He gets a little like. Indiana Jones, like when it had a little bit of lag time and he was all amped from all the chases and all the stuff, like you could tell that he was like a little bouncy, kind of like, I want to go play Indiana Jones. I want to stop watching Indiana Mm -hmm. Jones. Um, But like Ninja Turtles, like he was just like zoned in and loved every minute of it. So much so that like when we were getting out of the seats, he's like, Leo, grab the popcorn. We got to put it in the garbage. Like, okay. Donatello, no, I'm Raph. Okay, (laughs) but it was like instantly, like when we got the. That's such a Raphael response to it, too. Wow. (laughs) And what does he think of his own son calling him Donatello right off the bat? You said basically called you nerd. Nerd. Uh, he's been Donatello like all week, so that's why I called him. Uh, Evil Dead Rise. This is one that I was excited for coming out. I did not see it in theaters, but also it came out on streaming platforms. Shortly after, I really dug this movie. I think this is a worthwhile successor to that Evil Dead title. Uh, Yanni would not watch this one with me. That's why I just watched it alone. And at the end of it, I was like, yeah, she would not like this movie. But also part of me is like, I do want her to watch this because she's seen Evil Dead. She's seen Evil Dead 2. She's seen Army of Darkness. She's okay with those because they're kind of slapsticky. We watched the first episode of Ash versus Evil Dead <laughs> the other day because she actually went through the Halloween Horror Nights Ash versus Evil Dead house. And she was like, oh, like, I wish you had gone that year because you probably would have loved it. And I was like, I know I would have <laughs> because I love Evil Dead. And that show is fantastic. So we watched the first episode just to kind of like give her that frame of reference. And something I know like I've talked about before is like, she likes spooky. She doesn't like scary. People that rise a little bit more on the scary side of things. John, have you watched this one yet? I've watched about half of it. Okay. I have not had a chance to go back. And- it definitely hits on a lot of those Evil Dead notes. Like it has the references that you were, you were expecting, but it's also just like an over the top, gross, gory horror movie, which sometimes I'm here for. I'm I'm here for a fun time. Not a thinking long time. And that's what it delivers on. But, Paul, the fact that, not even talking about Evil Dead, but the Peter Jackson Brain Dead movie almost made you vomit with, like, the the fake baby running around. 
is Evil Dead Rise something that you're like, oh, you know what? Eventually, maybe I'll I'll work Eventually, my way up. Eventually, maybe because I've seen the, all the other. I didn't see the new remake of like Evil the 2013 Dead. one. Yeah, 2013, 2012. I can't remember. I don't remember. That one was really good. Too. John, you and I went to see that one in theaters. I think yeah. like when it I came out. Yeah, though. Since then, Even, isn't yeah, there so, wasn't there that one, and then wasn't there another? Evil one? Dead Rise is like the next. Okay. Like requel, but. They're hand-waving it away by saying, like, oh, in Army of Darkness, there's three Necronomicons that Ash has to choose from. Mm-hmm. Each one of those Necronomicons is a Necronomicon. Uh, so now we hit, like, three three timelines. You know, like, your, your Kelvins, all that. I mentioned Kelvin timeline last week. I think that's just going to be my, like, hey, what's an episode now? I need to talk about Kelvin timeline. Um, See, I like the alternative 1985. But you know what? Paul, you and I got the points for this one. Yes, thank you. John, um, picking Evil Dead, you're not wrong for that. Like, it's a great movie. Sometimes we the vote th- with our the hearts. The thing was, is, is is something that Paul was saying a lot. He swayed me a lot in this was horror movies have been super popular. People have been mm-hmm. loving them. And I thought, like, again, like, you, you, you look at it and you're like, oh, Barbie. I don't think we'd even really seen a trailer for it. Maybe a yeah. teaser where you don't know where it's going to be, what it's going to be about. And you did get a pretty good Evil Dead trailer that you're like, oh, yeah, horror people are going to want to see this. Yeah, and, I, they, I, and, they, and they didn't. I was surprised by how poorly the horror side of the bracket fared this year. Like, there, it was the one thing that was working post-pandemic was the horror movies. And this summer, it seemed to come back to uh, reality or come back to the median, come back, you know, the mo- uh, to back but to the to back to average because I mean, they did okay. as well as they normally do. To talk about a movie again that's not on the bracket like uh, Mutant Mutant Mayhem. Mutant Mayhem. Okay, uh, the Ninja Turtles movie, uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter, which is the Dracula on a boat, which I think sounds awesome and it looks really cool. Terrible opening weekend with six million dollars. Uh, so maybe Paul's right. Like maybe. As people are venturing back out into the theaters, maybe they just don't want that horror movie experience. Maybe they want that big event viewing. Again, like there's enough like rough stuff going on in the world. Maybe horror is just not what they're at. Because even then, like Evil Dead opened with 24 million. Good for an Evil Dead movie, but when you're putting up against Barbie's 162 million, like no, like Evil Dead is still one of the lower lower grocers on this. But they're, they're still able to be like, hey. 24 million guys evil dead's back baby uh yeah especially when it's like a cast of six yeah in in one location um yeah it's 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 interesting too because i know like in other parts of the world they changed the title so people would know that like the it was an actual it's an actual story of dracula it's the the boat dracula took from transylvania to get to london where in the book they just say like they pack the stuff on there and then this boat just drifts ashore in London and Dracula has killed everybody on the ship. So it's like, oh, yeah, like if you know that you're like, oh, yeah, that's everybody should die on that ship. Like, it'll be cool. Uh, but if you don't know that and you think it's just like a, a creature, people might like just like, yeah, I'll see that when it comes out, like when it's on streaming. So 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 keeping it at sea, though. For me, one of, I think, and for all of us, because we picked the movie, one of the biggest upsets was Disney's, the live-action Little Mermaid adaptation going up against Fast X. Uh, Little Mermaid with $95.5 million, 
Fast X with 67. Yeah. Uh, we all picked Fast X because this movie is on here because we never put the Fast and the Furious movies on our brackets because we're like, oh, that's not something that's in our wheelhouse. Like, we don't watch those movies. But then every single year, those were like the top grosser. They would also release in April. And we would start our summer movie bracket with the first weekend of May, because that's yes. when the Marvel movie. So it was a timing issue more so than anything else. I think, yeah. And I think the last Deadpool movie came out in Deadpool 2 came out in April and we were able to put one of the fast movies on there. Mm-hmm. Then. But because yeah, we, we had that discussion to, hey, let's push it back yeah. earlier. But unfortunately, we were also at that point doing the March uh, Crater Madness. Oh, yeah. So we were so we were kind of running a bracket right into another bracket. So we're like, we need some space between two of them, the two of them. So we didn't want to guess which it. one went out because we haven't done the creator craze. Yeah. In the creator a while. Craze, right. uh, so I think it was mostly a timing issue. More than anything else, it wasn't a snub to fast the Fast and Furious franchise. I mean, even though it know, seems like we uh we cursed them. I, I think we were all used to just oh, Fast and Furious billion dollars. Next one billion dollars. Like okay, like yeah, this is obviously gonna be like a winner. And with the Disney live action adaptations just not hitting that mark, like obviously, like and it also it did have a lot of negative word of mouth because. People were upset about like the recasting, you know, quote unquote, of Ariel. Like that's a huge thing. And however you feel about that or not, like that's gonna be a big sticking point for this movie where it's like, oh my I can't take my kids to see this. Ariel's black now. Like, well, no, people did. It's supposed to be a delightful movie. It's available for streaming now on Disney Plus. I just haven't watched it yet because all of my uh TV time has been been allocated towards watching Twisted Metal, which I'll be talking about that more when we do our annual look back for the year. Um, but yeah, Little Mermaid, the winner for this run. None of us picked it. No. No points. No points given. Uh, next up, I guess the Battle of the Losers, because neither one of these movies hit the expectations that I think we were expecting. Man, the cats are upset about it. Ferris is really upset by this, too, because she was uh, banking on Renfield. But again, to Paul, your point, uh, another horror, quote unquote, movie, uh, another Dracula movie, uh, Universal's Renfield only doing $8 million. And then going up against Shazam's Fury of the Gods, which made $30 million. Wait, wait. I I have it going up against Spider-Man. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I jump? Yeah, you jumped. Oh, I'm sorry. Spider-Man okay. across oh, yes. the Spider-Verse is just Renfield. Yes, I'm Even sorry. Even though that would have been a good matchup. That would have been a good matchup. Uh, yes, yeah, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse versus Renfield. I apologize. I'm looking at cats that are yelling at me for not getting attention. Um, for this one, we all picked Spider-Man. We were all correct in that. Uh, Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse opened with 120. Renfield with $8 million. Uh I enjoyed Renfield. I watched it on streaming because it is available on Peacock. It, it was a fun afternoon. Like, hey, let's get sandwiches like from Publix, sit down, watch a movie, like kind of movie. Um, Across the Spider-Verse was something that we went to the theaters for. And it, it hit all the notes that the previous one did. And it, knowing that it was going to end on a cliffhanger because there's already a sequel that had been announced with Beyond the Spider-Verse. 
would it ended up so like, no, you can't end this. I know you have to. I know you were going to, but why, Sony? Why? Well, very different been- from watching something like Craven, Madam Web, Morbius, and being like, why, Sony? Why? Just want to put that out there. Okay. And this has been delayed. The next one has been delayed. Uh, pushback, or is it uh, taken off the schedule completely? Because um, they're. I think last I saw it was taken off. Um, and there was a lot of stuff coming out after Across the Spider-Verse came out where the like animation team, as sizable as it was working on this, is like, no, like we were all working extremely long hours, like coming in on days off, like because there was so much crunch trying to get this movie done. And as a video game fan, I I hate when studios like have that crunch time where it's like, hey, we got to push to go gold. This has to be out. Give give your animators, give your creators time to do their jobs. Like, I can wait for a movie to come out. As much as I love consuming content, I would prefer the people making it have a good, like, work-life balance. I'm fine with it. Um, yeah, and I heard, like, it, there was, like, they'd rush work their butts off to finish, a, like, a scene or that, hand it mm-hmm. in, and then be like, no. Uh, yeah. And yeah, then let's... have to go redo it. Uh, did he hear that the the Marvel VX teams are all unionizing? Yeah, yeah, good good for them. Same thing. Like so much of those movies are done by committee that things change and like they're already starting work on scenes, so then everything has to get trashed. I get it. You you're working in flux. You're making a universe, but some of that stuff needs to be laid down, solidified before you make the move. Moving companies aren't there to set up your home they're there to move your stuff into the house so like and i think like vx crew has been doing all that heavy lifting and like having to organize the whole house you know because so many so much of the movies are now just dependent on the afx instead of being you know the background and i mean we'll talk about this as we get into more stuff in the great marvel movie retrospective but they've hit the point now where everything has to be world's at stake what are we gonna do like it can't be small character driven stories anymore like it all has to be this is bigger than the last thing because we need you to keep coming back for the next one um and that's sad but you'll hear about that whenever we get to the next uh marvel movie because i think next we have to talk about loki which i'm excited to talk about um but spider-man across the spider-verse moving ahead we all picked it we all get a point so at this juncture I'm at two, Paul's at two. John, you're at one. I'm at one point. Oh, no. uh, next up, I, I kind of leaked it before by uh, misreading my graph. Uh, we have Shazam, Fury of the Gods, going up against John Wick, Chapter 4. Yeah, uh, this was a surprising, surprising I one. I did think Shazam, Fury of the Gods, was going to do more than $30 million. I really enjoyed the first one. I still have yet to see Fury of the Gods. haven't checked up on it. But I also haven't seen any of the John Wick movies, even though when we did our original, like, hey, we're setting up our bracket, I was like, no, like, these are things I need to watch. Like, I want to watch them. They're supposed to be very good. Uh, John, you had picked John Wick to move ahead. I picked Shazam because I was banking on the goodwill from the previous one. Paul, you also picked John Wick. So, Paul, you get a point. Yeah, you did. Are you sure? Yeah, Paul's picks John Wick Chapter 4. Oh, I, I, oh man, I am on the, I, I was on your bracket. I picked Shazam, so I get nothing. Uh, so Paul, you're now in the lead with 
three points. John and I are both at two. I haven't seen either one of these movies, so I don't have anything to say about them, but I'm more likely to probably sit down and watch Shazam! Fury of the Gods because it's like the next in a franchise I've seen some of before I sit down and watch all of John Wick. John Wick is a better movie. It's oh, I, I don't non. It's, it's like nonstop action. There's scenes like a bunch of guys at work had gone to see it together, and then I went. I went with my dad, and we had all seen it that weekend. We came back, and it was just like, oh, what about this scene? Oh, what about this? Oh man, when he was using the fire breath, like, like there was just so much talk about all the cool action in that movie. Shazam! Fury of the Gods is a good continuation of the, Shaz- the first Shazam movie, but there's too much time between those two movies that you forgot that you liked that movie. You for- And it's just like, eh, okay, whatever. And I think that's the problem. And I mean, again, COVID is, is half the reason that that thing took so long to come out, but it just really ruined it by taking so long to, so long between those two. Because even if people had bought that movie watched it on dvd they're over it mm-hmm. with with shazam yeah, and with- like the john wick movies like i i could just sit down like if any if anyone's just like action movie i'm like okay uh which john wick do you want to watch uh my um, i am my mother's son my mom also likes to consume content of all the movies that we've talked about so far john wick is the first movie that my mom was like Hey, had the day off, went, got food from this Turkish place, saw John Wick, loved it, can't wait for more, love you, hope you guys are good. <laughs> like, because that's like a typical text from my mom, it's like, hey, here's, oh, I broke my foot falling out of a tree, I ate at this Thai place, though, really good, check it out next time you're up, bye. <laughs> like, but that's how my mom texts me stuff, which... I, I do love, but John Wick is one of the movies that I know my mom was like, no, like, there's a new John Wick. I got, I got to go see it. Paul, does your family get into the Wicks? No. Too violent? Too violent. But uh, there is a movie that they saw when it hit streaming on Paramount Plus that they, they're like, oh, Paul, you should come over and watch it because it was fun and I think you'll really like it. Uh, we'll get to that movie when we okay. get to it on the bracket. Um, so I'm I'm going to ask Paul because you are the bracket maven, like okay. you're the bracket guy. Do we want to continue on with this like half of the bracket, or do we continue on to the next like first set of matchups for the go, other? Conference? I would go down to the next first okay. set matchup because uh, our next matchup is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three going up against Disney Pixar's Elemental and uh, Pixar not. Not doing a great showing on opening weekend, but rolling pretty well. This Elemental, I think, had a strong summer. It, it just it didn't have a strong back, Which, this was one that we wanted to see. We just never had the chance to go check it out. But after, like, the, the opening weekend, people people rallied behind it. And, like, they're saying, like, oh, it had, like, really good word of mouth. And people are like, oh, we've maybe been sleeping on these Pixar movies. Let's go check it out. And I think this is... Besides the Lightyear, which I didn't see, and the Good Dinosaur, which I also haven't seen yet, this is the only other Disney Pixar movie that I haven't gone like opening weekend to check out. Good but, dinosaurs, really. but as of right now, like this is the title. <laughs> Elemental. It did have a twenty-nine million dollar opening, but it's also like the eleventh highest-grossing motion picture of uh, 
Yeah, summer is uh, full of the three. Yeah, year. like that's that's nice. great. Like so, I think that does speak to the quality of the film. It's definitely something that I do look forward to checking out at some point. But Guardians of the Galaxy definitely walloped it in that opening weekend. Um, Paul. Have you seen Guardians yet? Because we already no. talked about how you don't go to the movies. This it is, is available to stream now. now. I know it's available to stream, but it's been the weekdays. You know, it's it's hard to get anything done after work. I've been working pretty late. I've been getting home about six o'clock every night and then like just getting food in me. And then I'm kind of exhausted you know, afterwards. So uh, that's, I, I, that's I don't have the patience fair. to watch a movie. Uh, this is the first Marvel movie in a while that after we saw it, and it's come out on streaming again. Like we've been like, oh, we we should watch this again. But to quote my significant other, she was like, I don't know if I'm ready to cry again. So we we just haven't done it. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. It took me forever to watch up, and then when I did, I hated watching up. But it's a good cry. That's now that I know it's coming. It's up is a better movie because I can get through the opening scene without bawling my eyes out. And also, I got a vasectomy. So ha ha ha. <laughs> Oh. The whole first part of the movie is them wanting kids and not being able to have them, John. That part. Yeah. And I got a vasectomy, so I no longer have. It's not like it, there. It, it's a want out there. That's that. That is a that emotionally tugs at that heartstring. I had that heartstring. Now it tugs on the vast deferens, yeah. and they're like, "No, you shall not pass. Don't have them. Don't have them. Come. Uh, but Gar- Guardians, I think, is one of the best additions to the Marvel Cinematic Universe since probably Shang-Chi. Like, Shang-Chi is the last movie before Guardians that I'm like, hell yeah, I'm in. Like, I I want more of this. See, I really liked Ant-Man. So Ant-Man... I, I liked Ant-Man, but Ant-Man definitely felt like them closing the book on that character's, like, story. See, I, I think it was a big adventure for him, but it's not, oh, it's not over. Like, nothing was like... I'm no longer a superhero now. Like it's, they had a big adventure. His daughter got a suit. They had their thing. Maybe they got rid of the wrong Kang. Um, but I didn't feel like it was an end. I felt like it was definitely he's gonna be around some. Maybe not in a movie, his own movie, but definitely like in a, other a, thing. A franchise Avengers type thing. Yeah. I, I think they'll Kang Dynasty. They'll, he's gotta show up. I mean. He'll get back, an but I don't think he's going to do anything of consequence. And then they're going to be like, okay, yeah, and now he's done. Paul Rudd would be a good Mr. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah. I think right he's, I don't know, he just comes off too fun, too goofy. He was a great Mondo Gecko. Hey, not on the bracket. Can't talk about it, though. Uh, but for just clarity's sake, uh, we all did pick Guardians. So, uh, we all get a point. We all get a point. So <laughs> now, this ratings, is the biggest. I'm at, I'm at three, Paul's at four, John, you're at three as well. Guys, I'm at four points. There's no way I can lose this, this feel, bracket. This it's great. all Paul this, this year. This is the biggest upset uh, on the list, I think. Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning versus the Super Mario Brothers. I thought Mario Brothers would be big, but I thought Mission Impossible was going to be huge. But I'll tell you this. I've watched Mario Brothers Maybe ten times. What? It's, what? It's good. I mean, I know you have a son, like who's four now. So like, I, and he loves Mario Brothers. I busted out my Super Nintendo. We play Mario Brothers. <clears throat> I, he was at a playground and he was super excited. There was kids there, and he's like, "Do you guys want to play Super Mario Brothers?" And they're like, "Sure." How do you play it? And he's like, "I don't know." And oh, he had 
He had so much power in that moment. And then the kid goes, well, why would you ask us to play it? <laughs> and I felt so bad for him. But I was like, he's got to learn his le- He's You got to make a I game mean, up and know how to play a game before he asks people to play. You you oh, you need to like improv and then it in that moment, like everybody picks a character yeah. like first thing. And then you're at a playground. OK, like you got things you can jump off of and travel to different warp pipe areas like the playground. like you do what you got to do. And it all culminates in you just like finding something on the playground that's like the invincibility star, and they're like that, 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 because then it gives you a chance to like have everybody run around. Super Mario has a lot of fun, guys. I loved this movie. It was great. I, oh. Like I said, I've w- watched it multiple, multiple times. Uh, I watched it because it's free on Peacock. It is on. Pe- Paul, you have Peacock now. I have Peacock. Okay. I had Peacock. It's running out. Hence the thing. Remember how Yanni cannot find her code, so okay. we're still looking at that because it disappeared from her inbox. Even she didn't use it, so we might have to like email someone. It's okay if you can't find it because it'll run out like I think in October or November. So okay, so we we got time to figure out what happened to it. Uh, but but pa- Paul, did you say you watched Mario Brothers? I did. Did you like it? It was okay. I liked the Peaches song. That was really fun. I, I think it was zany. It was like a zany smash up of like, let's just keep on throwing different action scene after a different action scene, which works well for it. So because that's Paul, what you want in a Mario game is like go of, from scene to scene to scene. So Paul, one of your complaints about Wreck-It Ralph is you wanted more of the Easter eggs in the background. Yeah. Like you wanted more like the video game universe. Mm-hmm. This is Super it. Mario Brothers. Okay. Because there's a lot of fun stuff in the background there. Like when they're in the Mushroom Kingdom and they're going past like, the antique shop and they're like oh like you gotta blow in it i was like oh that's cute like i like this that was a lot of fun stuff i did like how they utilized the actual power-up music in the background with the star and everything like it felt like they actually had a good homage the actual cinematic universe that wasn't established in the game especially the first game um mm-hmm. and then i it, you know people were giving chris pratt you know his voice didn't love chris pratt it, it didn't Mario, distract me, horrible. though. Yeah, like, I, it was fine. I but think I my like favorite... The, I like the guy that does Mario's voice was in there. Who, who's he playing? He's the guy that's playing the Jumpman arcade at the yeah. end oh, of the okay. movie. And they go, is that too much? And he's like, no! Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to say, like, yeah, Jack Black is Jack Black. He, he does Bowser. <laughs> A lot of fun. I really dug Charlie Day as Luigi, though. Like, if the sequel... He got kidnapped. Yeah. His story is fantastic. I... (laughs) If the the sequel is, like, more Luigi, I'm I'm there for it. Like, I don't know. Maybe I just like Charlie Day a lot. On my Instagram, I had a thing pop up up of him singing Radiohead's Creep at, like, a Filipino, like, karaoke bar. And, like, the video that they're playing alongside the music is so weird because it's, like kids like standing next to cows i hope i can find this so i can just send it to john because it's bizarre <laughs> but i was like charlie day's like a renaissance man like he does so much stuff and listening to the always sunny podcast like the thought and love that they put into that show where so much of it just seems like oh we're just gonna sit around and drink with danny devito like no like they're cognizant of so many of the decisions that they make on that that it's astounding uh, to my defense, why I thought Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning was going to do a lot better. They do a lot of money. 
That's they, all you need to say, Paul. They, they don't do a ton of money, but they do a reasonable amount of money. Much like how the DreamWorks animated pictures do reasonable amount of money. Like, but this, a lot, this was coming it? off the back of Top Gun, which was like the runaway, like, holy crap. People will go to a movie theater. It just has to be enough of a spectacle. Hey, what's the next movie coming out that fits that bill? Oh, it's another Tom Cruise movie. Like, this had all those hallmarks to be like, yeah, like, this was, was the, the Fast X again. I was hoping that Mission Impossible would have opened up with at least 85 to $90 million. <clears throat> and I was thinking that, okay, looking at the, like, the DreamWorks animated picture stuff, like, their top movies maybe hit into the $100 millions. They also have merchandising behind because it. Because the so, like, Minions, The Rise of Gru in 2022 made 107, 107 million. So, and I think that's a top grossing visa or opening movie so far. Yeah, but you forget how much the kids love the Minions. Uh, Minions were so big. Uh, I don't know if you've listened to our sister podcast, guys. Uh, it's called Parks and Rec. It's all about going to Disney and Universal and other stuff that we like, you know, consuming pop culture, eating, drinking. I have not seen all of the Despicable Me or Minions movies. Minions Land, we got that explicit take. I'm going to use it. I fucking love Minions Land. <laughs> I cannot wait to go back and go on, like, the Minion Blast attraction, eat more stuff at Minions Cafe. Like, it's so cool. And that's one of the things that Minions and Despicable Me have over some of this other stuff that we're talking about because it's it's made to get you to care and love it. So, like... You eat the cereal. You buy the T-shirts. This cat just doesn't stop crying, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, like, like Fast X, Mission Impossible, like, they don't have that, like, oh, my kid likes this. I need to invest everything into this now because that's, you know, his soup du jour. Yeah. Soup du jour, that's the soup of the day. That's not, like, a big deal. It's just whatever they have sitting around. Guys, I, was, I meant, like, a big, a big, a big deal. <laughs> Uh, another, another it's French. It sounds fancy. Um, so Chris, you're the only one that got points off of that, right? I am the only one that got points. So I am now tied with Paul for piece. John, you're still at three. And then we had Haunted Mansion versus Flash. I was shocked by this one. Um, Flash, 55 million. Haunted Mansion, only 24 million. Uh, John, you picked the Flash. Paul, you also picked the Flash. I picked Haunted Mansion. I thought. There was too much negative stuff about the DC universe and Ezra Miller to bolster this movie up. Both of these movies were kind of hit with a meh, but more so Haunted Mansion. And we talked about it a little bit in the Weekend Geek, like two episodes ago when Haunted Mansion came out. Barbie was still dominating. Oppenheimer, still dominating. We haven't talked about that one, but we will. Um, Haunted Mansion, I loved that movie. And while I was watching it, it was kind of one of those, like, do I like this because I feel like I should like it moments? Or am I actually enjoying this? And after we got out, I was like, no, that was a lot of fun. Like, And it sounds like, oh, loser of the Little League game. Well, at least everybody had fun making it, kind of, like, rationalizing it in my head. But every moment of that movie on the screen, I feel like the entire cast is just like, oh, this is a fun movie to be in. Like, this is great, like, more stuff like this. But it just, it didn't catch. It didn't hit. And it's sad because it's it's a great, fun, family, like, 
I'm making air quotes, horror movie. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Kate and I, we, we talked about it. She's like, I, yeah, I would like to go. Maybe I would pick it for my Monday fun day, but meh. Because we were driving by the movie theater that used to be the second run only movie theater. At the Apple Tree Business Park? No, the McKinley Mall one became okay. the, the dips in there. And it used to be like three bucks per for a movie ticket, like Ben and A price. Now they do uh, a five dollar before noon movie ticket because they have an eleven o'clock showing, just one, mm-hmm. you know, uh, per screen. So and I'm like, well, we could do that, like on a Saturday. She's like, it's the summer. There's so much more stuff I'd rather do on Saturday morning while it's still kind of cool out than like go to the movie theater. And especially when she knows it's going to hit the streaming service services soon. So and that's kind of the downside of the streaming platforms. Like, yeah, obviously this is a Disney movie. It'll be popping up on Disney plus <laughs> it's a spooky movie. So it'll be out before Halloween. Most likely. Um, I'm, I'm sad. Like it's, I never thought it was going to be a runaway hit. Like a pirates. I don't expect this to become a franchise. I just thought more people would have responded to it. Yeah. I would. It's so weird with movies now that if I don't see it in that first weekend, I kind of forget about it. If I don't make a plan to go see it during that first weekend, I'm not going to think about it. Time's going to pass. And then I'm going to be like, oh, it's streaming someplace, right? No. Oh, next week it is. OK, I can because it feels stupid to buy a ticket on Saturday and it releases on your streaming service on Wednesday. Yeah. Like and that's where I kind of am with most movies now. It's like wait another week or wait another two weeks. Like at what point or forget about it and then go, Oh, it's online. And yeah. Yeah. That's how I felt about the super Mario movie. It's like, Oh, everybody's saying it's great. Okay, cool. Don't have time. Don't have time. Don't have time. Oh, oh it's on Peacock. Okay, cool. I'll watch it now. And I'm Paul and I don't necessarily love everything. Anymore. Yeah. So even though it's not streaming, it will be like available to rent or buy soon. Like, cause that was one of the things like, and as soon as you type in haunted mansion, it's like haunted mansion streaming. People are already like, hey, this is a thing I'm paying for. Like, let me let me see if I can just watch it. Um, no date for it yet, but it will most definitely be before this year Halloween. Or the, the lawsuit. The uh, the people that actually finance a lot of the Disney movies has sued Disney because they're not letting their movies go to HBO first. They're now going you know, to on demand and then right to Disney streaming. And they're like, mm. hey, hey, we used to make a lot of our money back from the financing of your when you would sell it to HBO. Now that revenue is gone. Uh, what the oh, heck? See, that, but that's like a weird thing that I don't know enough about because that's the problem with everything streaming is like, hey, we're not making money because you're pushing this off to streaming. What the hell, guys? But then they're like, oh, well, it's not making money. But then the people that make the movies are like, hey, you're making money off this going to streaming. Like, <laughs> give me my money. Yeah. Where's my like, money? And the studios are being sh- like so shady with that. Like if this had gone to something like an HBO or whatever else exists, like would it have made money like on terrestrial television or made money being on that streaming platform before it went to Disney Plus? I have no idea. Like, it, But it's, it's not that the a... money makes money and the movie makes money on HBO. It's that HBO pays for the licensing of to have that movie. On but does that service. does that make and that Disney, goes to the financiers? But does that make more money for Disney since HBO is paying for it, or does Disney make more money by having people subscribe to their platform to watch it? Because now people are 
I think they may already like answer. buying in. Like we we don't know that information. Like that's what really sucks now. Haven't they answered that question when they did the purging? Like, hey, cheaper for us to pull this down off the service of all these titles that were made for Disney Plus. But so that, that way we can license them out later. That's also like, okay, the Turner and Hooch live action. I don't know if that's one that was purged, but it was. Okay. It probably was. It, I'm guessing, as an example, Mighty like Ducks, Game Changers, Willow. Um, but sure would they have made more money from that just like being purged? Because not making money, but they don't have to pay off of it or just like selling it to HBO. But also, would HBO want that? I don't know. John's falling asleep. Let's sit up, yeah. bud. I just lean like, back to yawn. Uh, but our next movie, Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny versus Oppenheimer. Two I, atomic, two people that have witnessed the atomic bomb, Indiana Jones <laughs> and Oppenheimer. Uh, John, you picked Indiana Jones. I picked Oppenheimer. Paul, you picked Mission Impossible. That wasn't an option. No, you picked Indiana Jones. Um, Oppenheimer was winner. But not by as much as you may have expected. Oppenheimer did $82.4 million opening weekend. Indiana Jones did 60. Um, I thought Oppenheimer would have been much more in line with what Barbie did, but Barbie did like double, which is crazy. Um, I think Oppenheimer got a lot more people to go see it because they were doing the Barbieheimer, yeah. which I think was... Uh, a big selling point is, oh, it's fun. We'll do that. Bless you. <coughs> All right. You sneezed three times. Your soul's gone. I uh, I can no longer save it. Thank you. You failed your saving throw. Uh, it's okay. I'll get a new one. <laughs> That's why you have children, right? Yeah. Uh, noise. <laughs> it's sucking the soul out of a child. Uh, <clears throat> I, for, I sneezed and I, I forgot what my point was, so. You said that you thought Oppenheimer benefited more from Barbie's release <laughs> yes, than you did. Yes, I think it. Just on its own. I think that's a true enough statement. Guys, the next matchup, though, as the movie that I was teasing earlier, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves, which both my parents say, great time, a lot of fun, very charming. I would, Kate and I would both enjoy it. We should come over and watch it off their Paramount Plus. Hey, okay. I was wondering what you were talking about. Yeah. So it has the McGowan seal of approval. It is a lot of fun. And uh, versus Blue Beetle. Chris, I, I have not looked up the opening weekend for Blue Beetle. Well, I'm, Blue Beetle is literally opening as we're discussing this, but preliminary. I, okay. So What's when this was said, I didn't think we were going to be talking until like the weekend was over, but it worked out that we could all talk tonight instead. Um, preliminary expectations for it are a $30 million opening. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, $37.2 million. So if anything changes, we can... Amended, but we literally all picked Dungeons and Dragons over Blue Beetle. Um, so I will give us all a point, <clears throat> and if things turn out wrong, that point will be subtracted. We'll do an addendum in the Week in Geek on uh, 353. But I don't know, Blue Beetle, it looks charming. Like, it looks like a solid picture. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, though, seems like it was actually a great movie that people really enjoyed, um, with Blue Beetle being the start of the new DCU and with how people felt about the flash and, you know, being unsure about that whole universe as a whole, it doesn't seem like it's going to be getting that attention, especially now that we're in the middle of the strike where there cannot be any promotion for this movie besides the 
studios putting out whatever had been filmed before the strike began. Like, there's no hype about any of these movies now, and that could be to his detriment. I want this movie to do good. I love me some Jaime Reyes. Like, I'm I'm excited to see this. Like, I want to see this. I will see this. The guy but, that plays uh, Jaime Reyes uh, plays Miguel in the uh, Netflix slash YouTube Red uh, Karate Kid. He does. Or Cobra Kai <clears throat> series. And, and uh, he's has, great like, at what, that. Five seasons? Yeah. Five, I think I think they have just released or will be released in the fifth season. The it's been uh, a fun show. I've been enjoying it. I watched the last yesterday at Ninja Turtles. They had another a trailer for it. Oh, this guy is, is Ninja Turtles. It's not uh, even on the bracket. <laughs> um, but there's a whole big scene where he's fighting a guy that's in a mech suit like his suit. And it's just like that. I don't I, I'd love my superheroes not to fight super like super villains who have the exact same power, which seems to be a, a oh, they big, set that up in the Blue Beetle. Trailer. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant. I watched th- this part of the trailer where, the, and he's got red, John, glowing red. John, has it, how else yeah. do you prove that it's not the powers that makes the person a hero? But it's the person is the hero. Mm. Uh, from the trailer, it seems like the grandma with the minigun's the hero. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the last thing you see in the trailer. Um, I still want to see it. It's, it looks like it, a fun It looks fun. Yeah. It's not one that I'm like clamoring for. If Grayson saw another trailer for it and was like, I want to see it, I'd go, I'd take him. But Weird we're not here. going opening weekend. We're going a week, two weeks in so that we can go to a theater, a showing where there's not a lot of people there. Because I'm taking a little kid and I want to be respectful of people paying to go to the theater. I thank you, John. Yeah. Uh, it is weird that you're showing Grayson nothing but Blue Beetles trailers, though. Being like, hey, before we watch your new episode of Bluey, we're going to watch Blue Beetle. <laughs> so this isn't like when I wanted uh, Indiana Jones Legos. And I was like, mm, you know, I should tell your mom I want these. Wouldn't it be a lot of fun to have them? And kept showing him videos of it. So he kept telling his mother, my wife, that we need to buy dad Indiana Jones Legos. And he would be more destroyed if I didn't get him than I would if I didn't get him. I play. I played her. I'm. I'm just excited and sad to see the future that you're both building for yourselves, where you're like playing a Game of Thrones esque style. Like dad wants this, son wants this, but like you're like playing and playing against each other with like your wife and like your mother-in-law. Like who 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 will sit on the throne? Who's gonna get the Lego set? Cooper. I, I got the Lego set. I got the Lego set. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, final matchup on this side. Transformers Rise of the Beasts with Insidious the Red Door. Um, pulling on that horror thread again. I didn't even know Insidious came out. And I forgot it, it was on this list. It did. But, you know, those movies have a, a following. The following is something different, right? That's a franchise? Yes. No, okay. it's a single movie. Okay. I, maybe. I didn't watch that one. It was okay. No, it follows. <laughs> I've seen one horror movie. His review of it. <laughs> it follows is the one I saw. Okay, that maybe that's what I'm thinking Not about. The Following. I did not see. There's a movie called The Following? Is there? I, I think it it's... follows, but not The Following. There's It Follows, which is the horror movie. Following, isn't that um, Christopher Nolan's first movie? Maybe. I don't know. It's in my head. But Transformers, Rise of the Beast, doing $61 million. Insidious the Red Door doing 33, which I'm kind of surprised Insidious did more than Evil Dead, but maybe that's just a case of it continuing on and there being like six 
seven of these movies now? I do not know. But, Paul, uh, you had picked Insidious. Yes, I took the red I one. picked Transformers. John, you picked Insidious. So I will be getting the point for Transformers. I, I want to say narrowly beating it, even though it did double the amount of money. But $60 million doesn't seem like enough for an opening weekend for like something that is such a big cultural touchstone as the Transformers movies, but I think people are also kind of fatigued on these. And again, uh, Evil Dead Rise was like a success with $24 million. I think Insidious the Red Door, probably a resounding success with its 33 Just not when you put it up against Transformers G1 stuff. Uh, and then we have Barbie versus Little Mermaid? Yep, Barbie uh, going up against Little Mermaid. Uh, oh, yeah. John... Your bracket no longer matters at this point because you have <laughs> Evil Dead and Fast X. Uh, I have Barbie and Fast X. I picked Barbie to win. Paul, it's you have Fast Barbie X. and Fast X as well. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. I picked Fast X over Barbie. Paul, you also picked Fast X. That's good. Uh, that means you don't gain any ground on me. You don't gain any ground either. John, you're just sitting there eating the ground. <laughs> I eat ground now. It's my thing. <laughs> uh, so... So that happens. Uh, next up, though, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, I have it going up against Shazam. John, you had it going up against John Wick. Paul, you also had it going up mm-hmm. against John Wick. Uh, the actual bracket had it going up against John Wick as well. Uh, talked about it at the front. We all picked Spider-Man. So we'll all get the point for that. Nice. Someone uh, uh, take the next one. I just need to. All right. We ha- uh, The actual bracket is well, can we before we get in that can we talk about our next beer because i'm almost done with it it's getting warm and it, i want a crispy boy no Paul's ahead of the curve his beers have been warm all night yeah. boy uh i'm drinking from big dick big ditch <laughs> <laughs> are you mad at chris for interjecting there is that no, i was morning? hoping he'd spit all over his computer i always did uh i am were you drinking... looking at me <laughs> That you're a big dick? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm having uh, Sleigh Burner. This is their seasonal. Last year, this was released as a special four-pack. Now it is coming out as a six-pack seasonal from them. And this is Big Ditch's Hay Burner with Blood Orange. Um, this gives it a nice tart citrus to it. You still get that Hay, bon- hay Burner uh, backbone to it. Um, this is a nice beer. I don't think I would pick this over a hay burner. I think if I found it out on draft, I'd get a draft of it. Um, but I don't think I need to drink any more of it. It's good, but it's not like... It's not how you're going to celebrate the season. It's not like, wow. Uh, I am sad when I was up in Buffalo with Yanni, we did not have a hay burner because I th- I think I would make her drink a hay burner. I had him in the fridge. We didn't drink it, though. We had so many beers. We had lots of beers. Uh, and also, like, but the thing is, like, if you gave also her... Also, we were feeding her nothing but Mickey Boodles as well, like, <laughs> out of the fridge. Which... And chicken wings. <laughs> well, uh, she's she's turned the corner. She didn't like chicken wings before, but she'll, she'll eat them now. Um, also, just wanted to say, I do not see Mickey Boodle down here anymore. Because I know there was like that deal <clears throat> with the distributors where they were like pushing their stuff out to other like distribution points. I can still find Bliss and Sci-Fi Hamster Wheel, but Minky Boodle is no longer available at my beer store. So I don't know if it's maybe just like a lull, like maybe they just haven't gotten in. But 
the other week when I was going to look for stuff for us to just have like fridge fillers, it's like, oh, like Minky's always a, a safe bet. It was not there. Mm. Interesting. I don't know what to tell you. I, I huh. know that they've changed some of their footprint, some distributors, and they like there's a new head brewer. There's a whole new team. Is this in the wake of them closing down that Elmwood location or like they like restructuring or? So the main guy who pays for everything is this guy, Rocco, who like he lives in Florida. Oh, I thought you were saying he lives his modern life. Um, he likes his tacos, Rocco loves. But he's mainly their money guy, and every once in a while he makes crazy money guy things. Okay. And uh, he had a moment, I guess he had a moment where somebody offered him money for the building, and he was just like, eh, close, close it down. It's worth more selling it than it is keeping it open. And they, it's wild because we've talked about this, like insular beer talk for uh, Western New York. Hey, listen to producer Scott, Western New York Brews. Whoa, whoa, um, whoa. whoa, whoa. Award-winning. Award-winning, <laughs> yes. Um, you'll hear all about this, but like they just remodeled that place. And I, I asked you, like, what did we were coming? I was like, oh, like, do you go there? Like, no, it's the same place. They just like did different stuff with the walls or something. I can't remember what yeah. you said. I went to a uh, Petrell's twin, a uh, Petrell's, uh, Petrell's twin seltzer, which is the remodel of Resurgence on Niagara Street on Friday, and it's the same except the, all their bright tanks are moved out of there because it's they're seltzer. Not, they're not on the like right hand side anymore. Yeah, it's okay. all gone. That's all just open space. Oh, you tables. don't you don't just stand in front of the bright tanks and play cornhole anymore. Yep. <laughs> so it's an improvement. Yeah, <laughs> but it's the same like same patio beer garden area and everything I, I like that like area that. though like and we've talked about it before like that's part of what goes into like a brewery that you like and will go to like I, and you know also uh, what i liked about that place uh now that it's not resurgence anymore i could get an Edmonds Fitzgerald on tap Ooh. better beer than uh don't give up the sip this, uh hard Ed- seltzer place and uh oh, i had a Edmund Fitzgerald Drink, drinking beers from cleveland <laughs> yep Better than most recent... Where are they based off of? I'm sorry. Cleveland. Cleveland. Is it Cleveland? Okay. I second guessed myself for a second. John and I were there. I've been there twice. I went there and I realized I left my wallet at Melt and had to drive back to Melt. Oh, Melt. I've been there once and I loved it so But not my wallet, but my credit card. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, Next beer, Paul. Chris, what are are you drinking? Um, I do not have any new beers. I'm doing like fridge clean out because... The next three beers I have, we're not going to be talking about three beers, but the next one that I opened of the three that I have available is just my leftover can of the uh, Keller beer or a cellar beer from Unseen Creatures, uh, the cold-blooded Keller, 5% ABV. It's a Keller beer. It's just a nice, crispy, crushable lager, which I talked about it last week on the show. Florida is just unreasonably hot and humid now. Uh as much as I love my sauce and porters, I just want something nice, light, drinkable that maybe has like a hint of sweetness, but feels like I'm I'm hydrating. And lagers are the way to go. Like pilsners, yes, but I think lagers are just more readily available. Um, an IPA in moderation, but yeah, I've definitely leaned more into the lager style within the past like month because. It, it's just oppressively hot and humid right now, and I can't, I can't stand it. Like going to work this morning, driving to uh, my location at like 9:40, and seeing it was like, oh, it's only 84 degrees so far. Like 
It's like, oh, it's going to be a cool, comfortable day. No, that's still terrible. Paul, what do you have? I don't have another beer. I only picked up the two. I am actually saving some other half because my brother, my soon-to-be brother-in-law, will be coming over um, tomorrow. So I picked up some other half for him. Anna's fiance? Yeah, Anna's fiance. Okay. I don't know love, if he, he likes his sister big, was married or not. Uh, next year, next year, August. So. <laughs> Sorry, I feel bad, but I know I know your side of the family better than I know Kate. So that's why I'm okay with naming Anna on this show. They, they are also a higher likely, uh, higher percentage chance of actually hearing this. So. Also, the, the cooler McGowan, too. Because this is how they talk to me more often than they actually talk to me. Oh, tell them they should rate and review us on their podcasting uh, platform of choice. <laughs> exactly. Or emails at bagnaborecast at gmail.com. They know. They know. They just refuse. Oh, they just choose not to. Oh, that just hurts worse. Oh, yeah, I know. I bet, I bet it's, it's, the, if, it's the... If, if Chris or I asked her to do it, yeah. you know, to do it for their brother. We, we went out and saw her player with her band the one time. We're the only... <laughs> Rescue Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. We were, Your we dad were built their stage uh, lighting. That's yeah. cool. It was, it was cool. cool. We were there. We were the oldest people there. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I've hit the point where I feel like I'm the oldest person anywhere. Anyways, guys, that's going to uh, close out. Wait, no. Where did we leave off? We need we're, to we're do Guardians, Guardians of the, the Galaxy, Galaxy versus yes. okay. Super Mario Brothers. Yep. Uh, John, your bracket was Guardians versus Mission Impossible. You picked Mission Impossible. It's impossible to get any points. <laughs> hey, you're dead to reckoning uh i have guardians going up against super mario i picked guardians um guardians did not beat mario though paul you have guardians versus mission impossible i I was also you know i was flying blind i was just going by dead reckoning i was going by just what the instruments were telling me we were going by dead reckoning uh no points for you paul so we are still at uh, eight points for me, seven points for Paul, six oh. points for John. Probably the closest we've been in any of our brackets, though. We're only halfway through it, though. The, no, this is, I, this is where it all goes down. We're further than half, I think. Um, so next side, we have the Flash versus Oppenheimer. Uh, okay. So what was oh, the... John, this is where uh, it falls apart for you because you have the Flash going up against uh, Indi- oh, no. Indiana yeah, Jones. Has... Yeah, I did not fill out our side of the bracket, but you have Flash going up against Indiana Jones, so you were right for picking the Flash um, to go up against Oppenheimer, but Oppenheimer obviously did more, so you lose the points for Flash. Uh, I have Haunted Mansion going up against Oppenheimer. I picked Oppenheimer, though, so even though I was wrong with half that bracket, I get the point for Oppenheimer. Paul. I was just like John. I had Flash versus Indiana Jones, and I had Indiana Jones. Which I haven't seen it yet. I do want to, but I've heard very mixed things about Indiana Jones. Paul, you haven't seen it. I have not seen it. Because it'll be on streaming soon. The next time I get a chance to actually go to the movie to watch it, it'll be on streaming. And that's that's the whole point. John? Next up. Uh, what I was do we... throw it over to John, like his uh, uh, Indiana so... Jones thought. Oh, I, I, I liked it. Did you think it should have done better than Oppenheimer? I, I Obviously, I did. I thought it was going to be a big a big movie this summer. Um, yeah, I thought it was. That's why I picked it. I thought Flash was going to be bigger. I thought a lot of these movies were going to be bigger. Just like I thought Dungeons & Dragons was going to go against Insidious, but it didn't. Dungeons & Dragons went against Transformers, Rise of the Beast, 
And Chris, which one made more money? Dungeons and Dragons or Insidious or Transformers? Transformers did 61. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons did 37. So Transformers moves ahead for the actual bracket. I feel like this is what Paul used to do. Like Paul led this before. Now mm-hmm. that I'm in the head, like, and I did not want to look ahead to like plot anything out. Like I feel like I'm I'm on the clock every time we talk about a movie. Um, John, you did pick Dungeons and Dragons. And my uh, my pick was Insidious. was Insidious, but the movie that did move on was Transformers: Rise of the Beast, and it went on again. Which is wow, because I also picked. Uh, I had Dungeons and Dragons going up against Transformers. I do not get points for that because Transformers obviously beat Dungeons and Dragons. Paul, are you, you had the, you're adding the second week, right? So it's, it's opening weekend and then the second week. It's added. the for, first full week is the next matchup. The and only then, movie that ever had any kind of like, oh, this is doing better now is Elemental or Barbie or Oppenheimer. Everything else is basically like once it came out, the drop off is like drop pretty off. consistent. OK, it's OK. I, I respect you trying to get those extra points. No, I just was because you had said the same hoping. numbers. You had said the same numbers from when they mm. the first round. That's why I was like, the, those are the ones I have on the bracket, but they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. For, for the most part, like, we called it out as it was happening, though, with, like, that opening weekend. Like, everything's very reflective of when it came out to how it performs versus Barbie or Oppenheimer. Elemental, only one that saw some bounce back, but also Elemental didn't progress forward because it had that bad opening. And this is, uh, this is the end. I do not, one, I didn't get any points with this part of the bracket at all. And I am continuing to not get any movies because I have Spider-Man versus Mission Impossible, which none of those didn't those didn't go any farther than that because it's Barbie and Super Mario Brothers. Barbie. Obviously, it's Barbie. But these these are the two big movies out of the summer that I didn't expect them to be as big as. Them. Yeah, even like for our finales, again, we all banked on spider-man doing a lot and we weren't wrong for that like spider-man did really well uh but barbie did so much better uh john for your finale you had mission impossible i had spider-man paul you also had spider-man yeah again we're all just ken's but that's enough that's ken enough we just need to be us sometimes you play the support to someone else and that's fine everybody needs someone there behind the scenes holding them up um, closest race I think we've ever had. Yeah, because what it went, Chris, you was seven, Paul oh, with six. Chris was eight, eight. I was, me was seven, you with six, John. Yeah. yeah. Super close, and it just comes down to, like, what kept on keeping on. And we don't know what's going to resonate. We do all this, like, three months before the movies come out. But guys, that's the episode five Bracket Buster. And this is something I'm going to keep in our like Google Docs, so like we can refer back to it for episode six when that comes out. I look forward to naming that one when it happens. But um, it's not going to happen next summer. Who knows? There will be movies coming out, and that could make it anybody's game. Something's going to happen. It I could don't. be like there could be a new Jackass movie that they film in a week that they put out. As I was like, hey, I gotta see something. You know what, John? It might be time for you to bring us all your Bollywood picks. Ooh, RRR. That's the only one that I know will do any money. Because they can re-release it, and that movie's still going to make money. 
What was the one that you really liked that was on Netflix? Bahu Bali, baby. Bahu Bali. And one. if you if you enjoy the summer movie Bracket Buster, if you filled out your own bracket, please let us know how you did. Probably better than us. Uh, I don't want to actually count how many points there were available versus how many we actually earned. Uh, or if there's a summer movie uh, m- movie wager that you guys do, a uh, game that you guys play, a draft or a rank them, uh, let us know. I'm always interested to learn about more about that. You can do that over at bagtoboardcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review us over at wherever you find this podcast. Yeah, Anna, come on. <laughs> you, you're the coolest. I, you're the coolest. And Chris and I went to your concert. We worked in the same mall because I was at Pakistan and she was at like the photo. Yeah. The photo place. I don't even know what it's called. Hey, Little Ears, uh, turn off the uh, podcast now because it's over anyways. But uh, it's past your bedtime. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. My little sister was the Easter Bunny <laughs> for a number of years. All right. <laughs> or maybe it was just one year. You know, who knows? Paul doesn't talk to her. She's too cool. Paul, oh, my Paul God, wouldn't know cool it. Paul wouldn't know anything about family. Nope.